Part 1. The Basics. Strategy. Most people wrongly believe that good ads have to be funny, well-written, or visually dramatic. The truth is, the very best ads work because of the strategy behind them. Here's a good analogy. If you've prepared a delicious meal and your dinner guests are hungry, they don't care what kind of plates you use. Put it another way. If your message and offer appeals to people you're writing to, it barely matters how you present it. Of course, there are things you can do to make your ad clearer, more direct, and more interesting, but these are definitely secondary concerns. If your strategy is wrong, the best penmanship combined with the best graphic design in the world won't save you. Imagine trying to encourage teenagers to invest $40 a week for their retirement. On the surface, it sounds like a reasonable idea, but realistically, you'd be lucky to get a single interested ad listen. The strategy is completely wrong. First, you're going after after the wrong group of people, and second, the amount you're asking for probably exceeds their weekly income. That's an extreme example, but a good one to highlight the problem with most advertising it's saying is saying the wrong thing to the wrong pe- per people. Usually, ads are saying nothing much to no one in particular. That's a far more serious issue. If you've been writing the kind of ad that just says, Hi there, my business name is X and my phone number is Y, then you shouldn't be surprised if your ads haven't brought the success. You success. These types of ads really do anything except fund the newspaper or magazine. People will not read them unless you promise to give them something. Behind all of this is a strategy. So let's define the word strategy. It means a plan. What you want people to do and how you're going to do with them, get them to do it. Let's take an example. A local butcher wants to place an ad. Not being the smartest businessman, he simply writes his name at the top and his phone number at the bottom. He sits back looking over his ad. This will bring in heaps of customers, he mistakenly thinks. Of course, nobody bothers to look at his ad. It's completely uninteresting. He's missing his strategy. So let's work one out for him. Firstly, we need to think about what it is he's trying to achieve. Put simply, he wants to encourage people to come in and buy their meat from him. But we have to be more specific when we say people. Thinking about it, he's really interested in the people who do their weekly grocery shopping in the local area. So how's he going to encourage these people to come in? They're probably already quite satisfied shopping at the supermarket four minutes in the road. He needs a good reason for them to come in and see him. How about a special offer? For every $10 you spend on meat, you get a $3 credit. That's not bad. People would probably get out of the, go out of their way to claim that. Throw in a larger choice of meat, pe- cheaper prices, higher quality and friendly service, and you've got something that looks like a strategy. Once people have come in and taken up your special offer, they're more likely to come back again next week. He may not make a killing on the first ad, but he will see some customers as opposed to none. Over time, this strategy will pay off with repeat and referral business. Referral business. So give it some thought. What is your strategy? Who do you want to who do you want to do what and how are you going to encourage them to take that what that action now? Number two, stop being clever. <coughs> One of the most common mistakes people make when they first start writing advertising copy is being too clever they they try to impress people with their ability to write humorous or clever advertising copy rather than simply getting the sales message across so why do they fall into this trap well it's simply that that they've learned from what they've seen heard or read 
It's what we've been exposed to through years of advertising copy in magazines, newspapers, television commercials, and radio campaigns. See, all around the world, advertising agencies spend thousands of dollars trying to produce award-winning advertisements. These clever advertisements are not designed to make sales to their clients, but rather impress judges presiding over major awards. The judges themselves have no interest in how successful a campaign has been. They simply look at the best play on words, the biggest, the brightest, or the funniest advertisement. They miss the point to the whole exercise, making sales. Advertising is about one thing and one thing only. Getting people to buy your product or services. Getting customers coming through the door and spending money with you. The problem with clever advertising is simply that it doesn't make people buy. To prove my point, consider how many ads you read see or hear in the course of an average day. If you consider the number of billboards, in-store displays, window signs, taxi backs, and outdoor signage you go past on the average day, you probably won't be surprised to hear that you, like most people, are exposed to over 1,500 advertisements each day. (coughs) Now, (coughs) how many of those do you stop and take notice of? How many can you actually recall seeing? Probably not too many. In many cases, people would be lucky to remember 10. Not many out of more than 1,500. It's hardly surprising we can recall only a handful. After all, if we were to stop and pay attention to every ad we were exposed to, we'd spend our entire day reading advertisements. So the problem with clever advertisements is that people simply don't have the time to stop and think about what the ad's trying to say. If your ad doesn't get the sales message across fast, it will fail to achieve its true purpose. Additional sales. To give you an idea of how this works, consider those two headlines for the fish and chip shop trying to advertise a two-for-one fillet of fish promotion in a newspaper. If you think there's something fishy about this offer, you're right. Compared to, buy one fillet of fish, get another fillet free. Now, the first headline uses a clever play on words, a fishy offer in relation to a fish sale is quite humorous but people have to stop and think about what it means. Chances are chances are that rather than reading the rest of the ad, they'll simply turn the page and keep going. Compare this to the second headline, which gets the message across fast. Anyone thinking about what they were going to have for dinner that night would be tempted to read on. The second ad might not be as glamorous, but it works. It's all about getting people to read your ad and then taking action. If people have to decipher what you've written, they'll simply pass over your ad and forget about you altogether. Writing ads is not about making people laugh or having them think you're a genius. It's about communicating with them in the fastest, clearest possible way. The average person is not skilled in reading comprehension. For the majority of people, if it's not spelled out to them, they won't be able to understand. You need to realize that writing ads is not about you, the writer. It's about making people understand if you want to write for your own selfish reasons, then copywriting is not for you. You'd you'd be better off writing novels or short stories. There's no place for big egos when it comes to writing ads. If you want to be a copywriter, you need to forget about beautiful writing styles and creative expressions and focus instead on getting your message across in a fast and efficient manner. It might not win you any rewards, but it will win you a lot of satisfied clients and repeat businesses. Number three, promote something big. 
Tasteless, boring, unimaginative, dull advertisements never made anyone money. But don't that, that doesn't stop people from running them. In fact, people seem to cons- consistently run common, uninspiring ads, seemingly without ever asking themselves the question, would I respond to this ad? Let me show you what I mean. Imagine someone was running on an ad on how to sell wood turning equipment. On Now they could run the standard product price style of ad, but would this inspire anyone to call? Hardly. However, with a little bit of forethought and planning, they could put together an event that would motivate people to respond. For example, they could package up a number of products and or services that would be worth boasting about. Perhaps a jigsaw, a lathe, and some chisels for price X. Plus, free wood turning lessons. Now that would be something big. Once you've got yourself something, something worth promoting, then you can start to really boast with exciting headlines. Things like massive sale or best ever deals on X. With, well, with, will people get reading? Will people reading and more importantly, will get them buying from you? But package deals are only one means of promoting something big. Demonstration days, market days, and open days will also give you something to really sell in your ad. A lot of people are putting off doing these types of promotional days because they feel that it would be too expensive or too difficult to put together. But it's really not that big a deal. When it comes to organizing one of these events to start with, suppliers will quite often assist in the cost of such a promotion, providing that they see some benefit in them getting involved. It surprises me how many business owners don't realize that suppliers often incorporate a marketing levy into their prices. This levy is usually around 1% to 1.5% of the purchase price of the goods they sell. Now, they won't come out and tell you this, but if you ask them to give you a subsidy for your advertising, they will normally come to the party, also known as cooperative advertising, this will normally take one of one of two forms. The first is in the form of straight payment to assist with your marketing cost. Your suppliers will in this instance offer to pay a percentage of any ads you run to promote the event, provided their product is mentioned or their logo appears. The second type of assistance and offers the most popular Oh, and often the most popular is where the supplier will give you stock at cost price rather than a financial donation. This is normally easier for them to fit into their budget, and once you've sold the goods at normal retail, you'll have made money the money anyway. The reason this is often better from the retail point of view is that suppliers are more generous when it comes to this form of resistance, whereas they may have paid $100 towards an ad, they'll often be willing to give you goods at cost which, when sold, will give you many hundreds of dollars in additional profits. However, momentary assistance is just the beginning. Most suppliers will often send one or two representatives along to demonstrate their product. They will give you extra stock on consignment for the sale, then actually set up a man and man there on display. This has two major benefits for you. The business owner, as it makes a day more interesting to the public, if they can come and see demonstrations and it alleviates some of the staffing problems you might otherwise have had. 
Regardless of whether you put on a show and end all shows or simply put together an exciting package, you must never run just an ad and always just promote something big. Number four, sell one thing at a time. It always pays to keep your ad as simple as possible. Trying to get too much information across will cause your ad to fail, as people will tend to get bogged down in reading it, or they will become confused. Often people will have many products or services that they are looking to sell. Trying to fit them all into one ad or letter is detrimental to the campaign as a whole. Better to just cover one key product or aspect of your services and then tell them about the rest when they call or come into your store. What we're trying to achieve with most advertising is to get people to contact us. You shouldn't attempt to get people to buy straight from your ad. We still want to qualify those people who respond to your our ads. For example, if we run a headline that says, Attention, people looking to buy a new VCR. We should only get people responding who are in the market for a new VCR. But we don't want to give them too much information because they'll then feel that they can make a decision of your product without needing to come in and see you. Let me show you why we need to avoid telling the customer too much up front. Imagine that you are selling home entertainment units. You place an advertisement and one of your competitors places an ad in the same publication. You tell them all of the features and benefits of your product as well as all of the optional extras that come with your system. Your competitor tells them very little in the ad and invites people to call or come in for further information. People read your ad and feel they know a lot about what you have to offer. Based on this, there's no need to call you yet. Instead, they'll call your opposition to compare your system, their systems to yours. At this point, you might still rate yourself a chance to make the sale. But when they call your opponent, they are immediately caught up in a slick sales script that results in the customer making a purchase. You have now lost a sale because you gave too much information away and you never got the chance to talk to the prospect. So, it pays to always only sell one thing at a time. If you're selling a product or item that have that have a lot of accessories that go with them, only mention the key one or two in your ad and then tell them about the rest when they come in. For instance, if you were selling paint, you would also most likely sell brushes, rollers, drop sheets, thinners, etc. But also, you sell all those other items, you would not mention them in your ad, but instead cover these points when they come into your store. The less you put into your ad, the less confusing it is for the prospect. The less confusing, the greater chance of success. Because let's face it, nobody wants to deal with anything that's difficult. If anything looks too complex, people will shy away from it. Person I know has suffered the pain and agony of